I would like to talk about the walk in the Spirit. Or I shouldn't say the walk, I'll say walk in the Spirit, as in walk in the Spirit. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for calling us into your family, for filling us with the Spirit of God, for calling us your own and giving us such a love. Thank you, Lord, for opening to us who you are, and, and imparting to us that life that you have to give. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. So if we look at Galatians chapter 5, and that'll be our text this morning, although we'll go a couple of other places. And I do want to talk about walking the Spirit. You know, to walk means to move. You know, walking, you're, you're moving when you walk. And this is a time I think it's appropriate when the end of all things is upon us to finish strong. And it's not a natural assumption to say, yeah, well, yeah, I'm going to finish strong. Because if you've read the Bible enough, you see that few ever did. Precious few ever finished well. I mean, you can, you can go to some great people. Noah, wonderful man, didn't particularly finish well. King Saul, even David in some cases. Solomon, certainly. And you just go on and on. There's so few that actually went all the way to the finish line. And this is a time... I believe, for us to walk in a way that we will finish well. To go ahead and move, you know, to keep moving. You know, if you're older like I am, you think, well, I've done my duty, it's all good, and I'm going to sit back. And this is not the time for that. This is a time when the body of Christ needs every one of us. We all have a gift to give. In fact, we are all anointed. You know, they talk about an anointed preacher or whatever. We're all anointed. We're all anointed with the Holy Spirit. We all have a calling. We all have a purpose. We all have a thing that the body of Christ needs that, will, that the body will suffer without. And that the body will feel the benefit of with. So in Galatians chapter 5 and in verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And I'd like to start in verse 13. For brethren, you've been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. By love we're to serve one another. You know, love, godly love, Real love is selfless. In other words, there's less self involved. You know, it's not desirous of vainglory. It says that in verse 26, let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Love is not like that. Love does not desire vainglory, does not envy another person's gift. You know, we see people, they have gifts. And you look at that, well, I wish I could have that gift. And that's what Simon the sorcerer did. He saw the gift 
that Peter was able to, by the gift that he had, impart to others. He was like, I want that gift. Peter said, your money perish with you. Um, you know, every person has their own gift, it says in 1 Corinthians 7, 7. And if you just keep your ribbon here in, in uh, 1 Peter, in chapter 5, chapter 4 rather, in verse 10, and we have been referring to this lately here, as every man hath received the gift, every man, every man hath received the gift, even so minister one to another. Walk it out. We're to walk it out. We're to give that thing that he has given us to one another. It says, as every man has received the gift, even so minister one to another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. There is enough of the grace of God and it is varied enough to reach every corner of every life. You know, manifold means means varied. It means multifaceted. You know, a manifold on an engine. It means there's, I don't know, coming out or going in. There's, you know, you mechanics know what I'm talking about. There's, there's various places that it comes in and goes out. The manifold wisdom of God reaches every corner of our life, every need that is in our life, every, every output, every variety of output of the gift that's been given to you is covered by the grace of God. We're good stewards of that manifold grace of God. And if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, and that's not this person standing up here, if any minister, let him do it as, the, as of the ability which God giveth. Well, what kind of ability has he given I mean, it's all of his, he's given all of himself. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. That he may be glorified. If any man speak, let him do it as the oracles of God. In other words, if you have a word from God, then speak it with boldness. But there's so much in the church of people just speaking out of their own minds, out of their own feelings, their own hearts. But when you have a word from God, speak as the oracles of God. In other words, with with conviction and with authority and boldness, because it's, it's not your conviction, it's not your authority, it's not your boldness, it's his. And he has something that he needs to say to the church, and he needs us, all of us, to say it. So that ministry that you have, and every one of you has a, has a ministry in the body of Christ. All of us sitting here, all of us that are watching, I, I never remember that there's somebody also watching on, these, on the camera. Uh, but all of you at home, all of you here, you all each have a ministry that is needed in the body of Christ. Amen. And it is to be ministered with his authority. And by, by his wisdom, the manifold wisdom of God. Back in Galatians. See, our call 
is to rest in Christ's work and then to walk in that, to walk in that grace. You know, how do you find what your gift is? How do you find what your place in the body is? I know when we, back when, when I was going to Africa so often, and at the end of services we'd have, there'd be a prayer line and people come up for prayer. I can't tell you how many times people asked, I'd like for you to pray to tell me what my place in the body is. You know, what my, what my ministry in the body is. And of course, I never knew what to say. To me, that's a, that's a word from the Lord that he's, he's to give them. They wanted to find out first so they could do it. But you know, God has placed each of us in the body as it has pleased him. And how do you find your place in the body of Christ? Walk. Start moving. Start walking. Walk it out. Start walking. Start walking. And it will come to the surface. It will just... It will come out because he has given that gift and he has enabled you. And if you will just move and begin to walk, then it will come out. You'll never discover it by just sitting there. But I'm waiting on God. I think we have misunderstood that term to wait on God. To wait on God does not mean to wait around on God. In other words, to wait for him to do something. It means like... When, you're, when you are on wait staff at a restaurant, you wait on people, you serve them. So if I'm waiting on God, it means that I'm serving him. I'm worshiping him. I'm honoring him. I'm speaking in his name. I'm reaching out to others in his name and touching them. I'm opening my mouth and saying what he would have me to say. I'm, I'm moving and doing what he would have me to do. What those things that bubble up out of my heart. He has given a gift and he will cause those things to bubble up. And so to wait on God is to serve. We walk in that grace. It's step, 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 step. Now is not the time to stop and to sit. Now is the time to walk. Do not allow fear to freeze you. There is a spirit of fear that has gone out over the land throughout the world and is prevalent right now, and it is aimed at you. It's aimed at the church to get us to to stop, to freeze, to shut up, to stop moving. (laughs) Don't let fear stop you in your tracks. Just dare. What have we to fear? You know, what can man do unto me, the Bible says. Be bold. The Bible says the righteous are bold as a lion. But the the wicked fear when no man pursues. Amen. And we'll continue reading here. Verse 14. But all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And we think of the lust of the flesh, I think in our language, we're thinking, you know, we think more along the lines of, of sexual sin, you know, that kind of, of lust. And that's just one of, it, the lust of the flesh is just what the flesh wants. It could be anything. It's, it's the flesh wants something, the Lord wants something else. Walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
It's really that simple. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And in verse 17, for the flesh lusteth against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to another so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you're led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. You know, you're free to walk in the grace of God. If you're led of the Spirit, you're free to walk in Him. You're not constrained by rules or ways of being. You know, we're real good at that in the church. And I think some of the heart behind that is good because we love one another and we kind of want to be like each other. And But we want to be real and to realize that God has called each of us to our gift. And it's a unique gift. You know, what you have to give is unique in the body of Christ. And it will be felt without you. And we don't want to walk in such a way it, where it's just a religious thing. Where we're just, we're, we're, we're being the good Christian and, and we've got that whole demeanor about us and we have a certain language to us and then people can identify aha you know you're a believer and i like to strip that away and to be real to be to be to allow what god has put inside to come out and to do that we don't do it from a sitting position we do it from a walking position from a doing and he, if you walk in faith, he will bring it out. I really believe that. In verse 19, now I want to show you this. In verse 19 and verse 22, begin with each with a phrase. But it says, now the works of the flesh are manifest. And in verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the spirit. Notice that it contrasts works with fruit. People that work, and I, I work, people that, and some of you are retired, but you still work, I'm sure. Workers earn wages. Workers earn. That's what workers earn. Workers earn wages. And the wages that are earned is death. So if you insist on your Christian walk being works, then you'll know what your wages are. Your wages will be death. But the fruit of the Spirit, and fruit is not something that you can produce. It is the result of walking in the Spirit. You know, that's the context here. It's the result of walking in the Spirit. Quit working and start walking. When you're, when you're working, you're, you are in the flesh. When you're walking by faith, you're walking by the Spirit. Fruit is the natural result of a healthy plant or a healthy tree. You know, Psalm 1 talks about you'll be like a tree planted by the river of water. It's a river of living water. You will not see when drought comes. Your leaf is not going to wither. Those, those dry spells that you've been through in your Christian walk, the, your leaf will not wither. But you're, you're, you'll be rooted and grounded, like it says in Ephesians, rooted and grounded in love. That you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. That's four dimensions. And to know the love of Christ, 
which passes knowledge. For this reason, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Don't you want to be filled with all the fullness of God? Then rooted and grounded in him. Rooted and grounded. Then you will bring forth fruit in its season. And you know, let's look at that prayer in Ephesians I was just referring to. In Ephesians chapter 3. And in verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. And this is what just came to mind here. That you may be able to comprehend with all saints. (laughs) That we together can comprehend, that you can comprehend with all saints. And you are a saint, and you are one of the saints, and we are saints, that we may comprehend together. What is the breadth and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ? This is the heritage of the sons of God. Those who are called saints is to know the breadth, length, depth, height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. And to be rooted and grounded in that, that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow. So back in Galatians. Is the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. We should have that joy of being loved of God, that thrill. You know, you don't necessarily have to be giddy like me. That may be a personality quirk of mine, but that thrill of being loved of God, that joy. That's your name. that you be filled with all the fullness of God, there is these beautiful things come about. You can't bring yourself into a state of peace. You know, they try to do that in religion. You meditate enough and you're going to achieve a set of peace, you know, a state of peace. That's not going to happen. It is the natural result of walking by the Spirit. Then we will walk in His peace. We just sang that. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. We've crucified the flesh. And I'd like to tie this in with the messages that... Pastor Lee has been bringing on these Sunday mornings where he's talked about Amalek and the conflict that we that we have with Amalek and there's nothing but conflict and that that Amalek is to be utterly destroyed and that Amalek is a picture of our flesh and that that there's to be no compromise that there's not to be one little thing taken from it in Colossians chapter 3. We're to crucify the flesh with the affections and lust. Colossians chapter 3. In verse 1. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection, your thoughts, your heart, your mind. 
Set your affection on things above, not on things in the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Then why are we trying to, you know, have bridges to the past? Why are we trying to have a little ace in the hole just in case? You know, that, uh, that little tie to the past, or just in case. Just in case something happens. But when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then we'll, we will appear with him in glory. And there's no reason... To have any bridges back there. They can all be burned. Because we know what our end will be. Why are we trying to, to prolong our lives? You know, and, and, and to be full of fear. And to be so careful. When we know that we're going to be like him. We will, shall see him as he is. And we'll be like him. And therefore there is nothing in this world to fear. What a glorious end we have before us. And if that, if that is what our end is, then can we not push toward that end? Can we not walk fearlessly toward that? I mean, what can man do to you? That is, that's our destination. It doesn't get any better than that. Every heart hope. Everything that could have ever been desired for through the ages will be fulfilled in that moment. What a love. I mean, what a glory. Verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Mortify means to put to death. Or, or the word uh, uh, mortar you know, uh, that they use in the military. Artillery, you know, mortar. It's to blow stuff up, to destroy it, to put it to death. You know, blow to smithereens these, these, your members which are upon the earth, these things. Blow them up, put to death. We're to seek him, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God Did you know that that is also where you sit? We are seated in the heavenlies with him. So therefore seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. That's where we are. That's where we walk from. Set your affection, your heart, your thoughts. Set your mind on things above. You know... Philippians 4, 8, for whatsoever things are true, honest, just, lovely, of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. That's where we are to set our affections, on, on the things which are above, where, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. And we're to mortify, to put to death, destroy, blow up, annihilate, those other things, the things of the flesh. Look at Second Corinthians chapter 10. I mean this as a call to, well, to put it in recent terms, to get in the game. 
You know, it's, we're, it's down to the critical hour and we're all being called upon. And it's a glorious hour for the church. It's a glorious time. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We're to cast it down. We're to wreck it. We're to bind it. You know, bind it. Tie it up. Handcuff it. And lead captive to the obedience of Christ. Wherefore... When he ascended up on high, it says in Ephesians 4, 8, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He led captivity captive. That thing that has captivated you, we are to, we are to bind that and lead captive, lead it captive to Christ. He has done the work. He has led captivity captive. And he's given gifts unto men. That's you. That's beautiful. This is warfare. You know, it's not, uh, it's not a game. It's a fight to the death. It really is. It's a fight that takes no prisoners. And our fight with Amalek is, is to be that. It's to be a no prisoners fight. And in Christ, we have that victory. We can have that victory over the flesh. And that there be no compromise, there be no bridge, there be no ace in the hole, there be no thing kept back just in case. But those bridges can be burned and we can just be all in for Christ and walk it out with him. And now is the time for that. If there ever has been a time, now is the time. So it, it is, it's a fight to the death. What if I die? What if you die? Then we see Jesus in glory. What dies is, there's one of two things that die in this battle to the death. Either your life in Christ or the flesh. One is going to die. So remember Amalek. That's what the Lord had said. Remember him. Remember Amalek. Make no provision for the flesh, the Bible says. No provision, no ace in the hole, no little stash that you can go back to. Burn those bridges. The, little, the hidden things. We've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, the Bible says. And we, and we declare the mystery of God that the Gentiles and the Jews would be fellow heirs and of the same body. And we are members in particular of the church. And we are being called upon to walk in our gifts. And to cause what God had in mind for us to happen. And it will. Each of us is being called upon for that. Our, our weapons are not puny, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking about my own strongholds, your own strongholds. You know, there are other strongholds out there, but I'm talking about my own. I'm talking about yours. Those things that, that hinder you, 
those things that keep pulling you back, that keep pulling you down. The weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of those strongholds, some of which have been have dogged us our whole life. And and those the weapons of our warfare have the power, they're mighty through God, to the pulling down of those strongholds. When we're talking about pulling down, we're talking about pulling them down to the ground. It's like the walls of Jericho falling. And they're destroyed. They're rubble. Let's pull those strongholds down. Your strongholds. Back in Galatians. And in chapter 5, just a couple more things I'd like to read. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Let's just not go back. Just, we just will not go back. We will walk in the grace of God. The grace of God is the power of God. The grace of God is, is His Spirit moving through us. If we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's a turning and it's a deliberate turning, moment by moment. You know, we're, we are presented with, with what we see, hear, taste, touch, smell. And we're presented with the, what the Spirit of God is doing. It's a, it's a moment by moment decision to walk that way. And as we walk, what He has willed will begin to come out. It will begin to, to be made plain. And you will know what He will have you to do. Because you know, we walk around wondering, well, what do I do next? What do I do next? God knows. And if we will move, he will bring it forth. He will. Trust that he will. He's trustworthy. He is faithful. He is full of love for you. He, his, your success is his predetermination. He has predestined you to sonship, and he has predestined you to a life of glory with him, he will see to your victory. He has bought it with the blood of Christ. And it will happen as we walk it out. There is no doubt about it. And then in Galatians 6, and I'm going to close here, verse 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. That's what will come forth. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Let's keep walking. Keep walking. It's okay for me to get tired. I'm going to keep walking. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We're, there is going to be a harvest. There's going to be fruit in your life. Love, joy, peace, and all the rest. And there is going to be a visible harvest that will come. Because God does not give his gifts in vain. They're not for nothing. They are for his glory. He will glorify himself in, in, this, in, this, in this weak vessel. He takes these vessels of clay and he fills them with his glory, with his spirit. And he has 
a thing for you to do. He has a gift for you to bring forth. Oh, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto those of the household of faith. We've been given the power to be able to do that. And it comes by his spirit. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your, the glory of who you are. We glorify you, Lord. We honor you. We praise you. We lift you up. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for redeeming us by the blood of Christ. Thank you for for that sacrifice. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us so well. Help us, Lord. Help us as we walk in your ways. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.